welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, all kinds of places to look for us. Please like and subscribe on any of them or all of them. We also love interacting with our audience, so join us on all the social platforms such as LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and many more. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we appreciate your time. Those of you joining us on Rumble or YouTube, thank you so much. They're starting to pick up a little bit of traction there. Definitely appreciate the uh, the added uh, audience. Hopefully, we can get this good information out to as many people as possible. That is the agenda here. So today's topic is we're gonna we're gonna talk about going to the light. So for thousands of years. Like thousands of years, we've been talking about light and its metaphor, uh, as well as its its real nature. And as far back as we know, recorded history, even to the beginning of biblical times, in verse three, it said, let there be light. <laughs> That's way back in time when we look at it, right? If you're, if you're not into the Bible, let's take a look at the tools that were used in the first thousands of years they get the most recognition uh, campfires torches lamps candles like those were like the main inventions because they increased visibility they allowed for uh you know prepping food and all kinds of stuff and so when we talk about light man there is just so much to talk about early poetry you know it's it's even said like i said at the beginning going to the light. When, when you die, some people think you go to the light. You know, the list goes on and on because light has been an integral part of human existence. Like it's been a, a critical part even of our human existence. The light of a candle, the light of a fire, the light of the sun in the sky. The light is a big deal. And so the next question becomes, what light do we go to? There's so many options. What light do we go to? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what light do you go to and how do you get there? Right? Like, let's sort this stuff out a little bit. With that, for those of you joining on uh, Rumble or YouTube, you're going you're gonna to have access here in just a moment to a visual uh, in a moment. Uh, that visual is, is going to be something I've put together. Hopefully it starts in the right spot. Nope, it does not. Don't know why it's doing that, but we'll get that straightened out here real quick. And boom, beginning. All right. What we're looking at is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Now, for those of you that are familiar with psychology at all, I'm sure you've heard of this. Whether you can recall it or not uh, in detail, I don't know. But Maslow's hierarchy of needs is really a simple concept, uh, but it, it branches over a, a very complex human nature. It starts at the bottom with the physiological needs. Those are going to be things like food, water, shelter, air, uh, you know, eat, sleep, exercise, as I often say. You know, those are your basic needs. 
Then you've got safety and security or in, in the visual you're looking at safety needs. Um, safety and security are going to be the next tier. Uh, and I'm going to highlight why this can actually be problematic. Uh, we're going to have to throw in something to, to help this not become unhealthy in here. And then the next tier, you've got belongingness and love. And then you've got esteem and self-actualization at the very, very tip of the top. So the idea here is we're all moving toward a self-actualized version of ourselves, the best version, the most whole version of who we are in our design. Now I'm going to come back to this physiological need. I'm going to tell you a little story, uh, something that I've, if you've stuck with me for very long, you've probably heard this story and I'm going to tell it to you because it's, it's an important story. It points to how physiological needs can actually be used for motivation in other categories like love and belongingness and esteem, but also how critical they are, how essential they are for us. So the story goes like this. There was a CEO of a company and on this particular day, as the CEO was rolling into their parking spot that said reserved for the CEO, a brand new employee, a kid fresh out of college, rolls into another parking spot as the CEO is rolling in. And they see the, the parking spot labeled and the nice car pulling in. And this kid thinks, wow, I want that. And the kid rolls into the office, is getting their orientation day. So they're getting familiar with the office and all of that stuff. And somewhere around lunch, the kid gets their first interaction with the CEO. And the CEO says hi, introduces themselves. And you know, the, the kid's just like, this is the coolest thing. She's, you know, this nice suit that the CEO is wearing. Like they're, they're dressed fine. And this kid says to the CEO, someday I'm going to be like you. I'm going to have that corner office and that parking spot. And the CEO does a double take, looks at the kid, pauses for a second and says, look, you want to be like me? You want to have the things that I have? Meet me. And he tells the kid where to meet him. At the beach at 6.30 tomorrow morning. Don't be late. And the kid is so pumped. Like, oh my gosh, I just got an appointment with the CEO. Thinking the CEO is taking notice. It's like, I did, I did something right. This is good. Next morning, kid gets up nice and early, puts on the nicest suit they've got. And then I was thinking, I, you know, I am going to the beach, throws a pair of running shoes and uh, shorts in the backseat just in case. Uh, they, you know, they thinking I, I should be prepared and rolls up to the beach 15 minutes early where right there in front of his parking spot stands the CEO already there and waiting a kid, a kid gets out of the car and says, you know, notices that the, the CEO is in there, shorts, t-shirt, flip-flops. And is the CEO, I guess they do what they want, right? 
And the kid says, Hey, I got, I got stuff in the back. You want me to, you want me to put on uh, you know, some, some swim trunks or running shorts or something. And the CEO looks at him and says, yesterday, you said you want what I've got. You, you want to be successful like I'm successful. And the kid goes, yes, absolutely. The CEO points to the water and says, then start walking. And the kid's like, uh, okay. And, you know, gets across the path and is getting on the sand and realizing these are the only really nice shoes I have because I just got to school and I don't have a lot of money. And so the kid, you know, sheds the shoes and then is walking along, is like shedding the socks and, you know, gets down closer to the water and starts rolling up the pant legs and taking off the coat. And the whole time is thinking, what are we doing? Like, what is this about? Well, this, the CEO looks at the kid, noticing the uh, hesitation, and says, you really want what I got? The kid says, oh, yeah, I definitely want what you got. Then keep walking. At this point, you know, toes are starting to touch the water, then the ankles. About midway up the calf, the kid stops says, what are we doing? I have swim trunks. Like I can go get ready. And the CEO just looks at him, says, you want what I got? Keep going. And the kid, you know, at this point is like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. And starts, you know, doing the, you know, I, you, I don't think you know what you're doing in, his, in, in their head, right? They, this kid is in their head, but continues on. Knee deep, at this point, like, uh, pants are getting wet. Then waist deep, stops again. Like, what are we doing? I told you I have stuff. I can get ready. And the CEO calmly, patiently, just waits and says, if you want what I got, keep going. And the kid finally is just like, whatever, and grumbles and mumbling stuff. And the CEO is just watching and paying attention. At this point, you know, the kid goes out and is then treading water and says, what in the heck are we doing? This is ridiculous. You haven't told me what we're doing. I'm out here in the nicest stuff that I've got. Like, what are we doing? And the CEO very casually sticks their hand on their shoulder, looks them in the eye, says, do you really want what I've got? And the kid says, yes, but whatever this is that you're doing, I'm not sure I want this anymore. And the CEO puts the other hand on the other shoulder and shoves the kid under the water. Now the kid does exactly what you and I would do at this point. You know, there's one most important thing in their mind, getting up to get a breath. And so after about 10 to 15 seconds, you know, the CEO wasn't intending to kill the kid. The, the CEO pushes the kid off and you know, just casually swims back to shore. Well, in the background, the whole time, this kid is like, I'm going to sue and chirp, 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 saying things like, you're, you're a terrible leader and you're awful. I can't believe you did this. What do you, I, you don't even know what you're doing and all this kind of stuff. 
By the time the kid gets back to shore, calms down a tiny bit, it's still chirping a little bit, but gets, you know, the CEO is paying attention, has, has the opportunity to put a little, little something into the conversation. It says, when you want what I've got, as much as you wanted that breath of air, then you're going to get what I've got. Now, that story paints a lot of things. Hopefully you enjoyed the story, but it, it tells us a lot, of, a lot of stuff. That physiological need that's at the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy, yet when we are lacking in one of those categories, nothing else matters. That breath of air was more important than the relationship with the CEO, more important than, I don't know, that kid thinking about his, his mother, his brother, his sister, whatever. The kid wouldn't, wouldn't want anything else but that breath of air. The safety and the safety needs, that security and that section. Look, when we have, we want an abundance. Because through abundance, we can create more safety and security. That makes sense, right? Like that makes a lot of sense. So why can it be problematic then? Like what about it could be a problem? I'm going to tell you. The natural tendency with the safety and security section is that it's going to become abstract. Needs become wants. And then wants become what we think are needs. Listen to any five-year-old who has abundance. I need that candy. I need that candy. I gotta have that candy. There's nothing more important than the candy. Why? Because the need is becoming abstract. It's like, when is enough enough? How much is enough? If I have enough to feed my family today, but I don't have enough to feed them tomorrow, do I have enough? Well, I have enough for today. Well, what if I ration it? Then do I have enough for tomorrow? I mean, then we get into the concept of scarcity and all that kind of stuff. Needs become abstract and it blurs our vision to what is an actual need versus what is a want. And that can be problematic. So the natural tendency without moral structure, the natural tendency is to move toward abundance and greed. That's a natural tendency. The natural tendency is to move toward superiority. Social superiority, things like hierarchy and domination. Why? Because once we have what we need, if I've got enough love in that psychological need category and I belong enough, then when's the next level going to be here that I have abundance and we're going to work toward that? All things left unchecked. So we have to 
put in something that tells us be humble because humility is not, it's not natural. It's uh, no, I'm going to take, 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 take. I'm going to create abundance. I'm going to make sure that I'm taken care of. And then I might help meet somebody else's needs. So that's when we introduce principles. Now, as we're moving toward the light, we have to know what the light is. Because, you know, we talked about the basic needs. We talked about the love and belonging, which is a psychological need, which is also in all reality that's, that falls into the basic needs. Right? You got to have love. It's not negotiable. Without it, we begin to wither and die. What we don't have to have is abundance. So principles come into play. These are outlined because we, we need to have something that balances us, that keeps us in check. So what is a principle? Well, I'm glad you asked, even if you didn't ask. I'm still glad that you asked. Uh, principles. Uh, this, is, this is one of the, uh, the ways in which I describe it. Uh, beacons that guide a person, family, or organization, because it can be either. And we'll get into, like, there's a difference between my needs and our needs. Uh, my principles and our principles. Beacons that guide a person, family, or organization through their life in all circumstances. There's, they're the beacons that are out there. It, it does not depend on the changes that go on in the world, the goals and the structures put in place. It doesn't like those things push toward the principles, not the other way around. The principles are those beacons that we develop these, these other things, these traits, these, uh, values, uh, these other things will push us toward principles. So principles are absolutely essential. And if you don't know what you stand for, you better start looking into this. Get a therapist. Uh, you know, this video will do a, a decent job, but probably not the best job. Um, so yeah, look into it. Where we have to, in order to be socially, psychologically, uh, culturally responsible, we have to look at morals. Because remember that safety security section that distorts as we go, we, we get, it gets more abstract and we think uh, we accumulate a little bit more, have a little bit more, you know, uh, get to the top of the, the food chain. Well, if that is the natural tendency, morals are the counterweight. They're the thing that prevent us from going down the abundance and greed and the hierarchy and domination pathway. We don't want to go down there because that means I have a lot. Somebody is going to have little or none. And that's a problem when we look at the culture and we look at sociology. You know, we don't want some having, and I know, look, you know, some of you are probably already going into this. Uh, well, in our world, that's what happens. There's the haves and the have nots. I would rather be on the I've got it than the I don't got it side. Well, it doesn't have to be like that. And that's where morals come into it. So let's take a look at morals for a minute. When we, when we highlight these principles, uh, you know, the morals are going to be the balancers. Typically, principles cover the psychological needs, three categories, psychological needs, uh, social or physiological needs, and the morals. 
All right. So when we put principles together, we want to cover all three, right? We want to make sure that we know, uh, we are, our, our basic needs are met and our basic psychological needs are met for love. And then we have the morals to balance us so that we don't go into the greed and the, all that unhealthy stuff that we've talked about. So examples of principles might look something like health, family, and friends, God, or truth, relationships, improvement. Notice that they meet the three requirements. They meet the physiological requirement, the psychological requirement, and the moral balancer. All right. Uh, you know, go back to the first one, health, physiological, family, friends, psychological, sociological, God. That's the moral. You got the second set. We got truth. That's the moral. Relationships, psychological, sociological, and improvement, the basic needs, basic needs of like, I'm going to breathe better. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to exercise more, right? Now they can take on a lot of different forms. They can look different, but they're going to cover those three categories. And that's really important to remember as we move along. All right. Principles lead to traits, traits are, are going to be things like love, forgiveness, respect, kindness, accountability, growth. Now, I, I always like to share this one because this was one, when I was 17, I went in the military. This is one of the things that I learned right off the bat. JJ did tie buckle. This shows the abundance, like the sheer quantity of traits that there are to pick from that can guide us toward our principles, our, our morals, our physiological and psychological needs. All right. JJ Dittai Buckle is an acronym. It means justice, judgment, dependability, initiative, decisiveness, tact, integrity, enthusiasm, bearing, uh, unselfishness, courage, knowledge, loyalty, and endurance. I'm not giving those to you because they are an all-inclusive list because they are not. I'm giving those to you to show you the abundance of traits that there are to pick from. And this, this doesn't even really capture all of it. It captures some good stuff. You know, the Marine Corps uses those because it does a lot of good stuff for their leadership program. You know, if you've got good judgment, then that means you're making healthy decisions, healthy versus unhealthy. You're able to look at that scale and use that scale appropriately, right? You're, you're not just taking care of yourself. You're taking care of others. That's a good thing. We want to look at those kinds of, uh, those kinds of things. Traits then move into goals. Now, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. Goals, uh, when you have principles in place and you have traits that are good and, and you know, they, they are establishing a, a good moral direction, uh, when you ha have those two things in place already, then we can take a look at goals, setting short, medium, and long-range goals. I typically work through the uh, SMART model, which is specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-bound. I've heard slightly different versions of that if you've heard it a little differently. Um, but the goals, the goals should always talk to the traits and to the principles. And if they don't, they're not good goals. They're just not. If you've established good principles and you set good goals to move toward those principles, then you're going to move toward the light more naturally. And you'll always have that feedback loop going. That's a good thing. So I hope this was helpful. 
Uh, I, you know, there's, there's more to this. If you are more curious and you want to know more, again, this is a good outline, uh, but it does not answer all the questions. So if you got questions, let us hear them. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.